Well, the game may be over, but the best Hawkeye analysis is just getting started. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Ross Peterson and Travis Justice are taking your calls. Sound Off. This is your home for the Hawkeyes. News Radio 1040. W-H-O. Ah, the 9 o'clock hour is upon us. We're here for two more hours. That's right, two more hours of the People's Show. It's the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Up on News Radio 1040 WHO. So that is not an excuse to stop calling. We know there are plenty of people who just left Lincoln, Nebraska about two hours ago. And they're driving all the way back to Des Moines. They're driving all the way back to Iowa City. And they got it on News Radio 1040 WHO. You were at a great blowout today. You were at a fantastic game today. You got to watch Iowa become one of just three schools since 1961 to win three straight games at Memorial Stadium. Iowa joins the likes of Oklahoma and Texas as the only schools to win three straight games at Memorial Stadium. That's something to talk about. So start calling at 284-1040. What if we just said at the beginning of the season, Travis, uh, this Hawkeye team is going to put up 50 a couple of weekends. They're going to put up 40 in two more weekends. In fact, here's the good news. They're actually going to put those 50 up against Nebraska and Ohio State, and one of those 40-point performances is going to come against Iowa State. And they only end up with seven wins. Ah, see, now you got probably got to come with that. <laughs> see, that's because that's what I do. That's what I do, and I and that's why people get mad at me. <laughs> Connor, Connor, thanks for giving us a call here on Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. How are you? Oh goodness, uh, I'm wonderful. Hold on, let me get out of. We are still celebrating unbelievable Hawkeye victory. Where are you at, Connor? Hello. Yeah, I'm what? here. Where you, you know at? what? This is not free publicity time. People. All right. He's not inviting you. All right. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to step outside. It's it's probably better for uh, everybody that's listening at this point. Hey, first of all, I wanted to say happy Thanksgiving to you people. Same to you. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Uh, I've got a question for you, and I hope you guys can, uh, you know, help me out. Uh, so what is the actual bowl game uh, situation right now with the uh, with the seven win deal. Okay, you want me to handle this, Travis? Yep. Go okay. ahead. All right. Uh, this is what I've got so far, Connor. It looks like no, that would be Gunner. Oh, Gunner. 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 I'm sorry. sorry, Gunner. Yeah. I'm sorry. We uh, have a dyslexic producer. It's you're, okay. You're good, Gunner. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. So, That's Gun- okay. Gunner. It's certainly looking like the Music City Bowl in Nashville on December 29th. But I would not count out the Holiday Bowl, San Diego, on Thursday, December 28th. And if some weird things happen, and by weird things I mean uh, maybe the Big Ten gets shut out of the college football playoff, which isn't going to happen. Maybe the Big Ten only gets one team into that New Year's Six, which I don't think happens. Then you might be looking at that Foster Farms Bowl or Pinstripe Bowl. But I I really think you've played your – Pinstripe's out now. I think you've played your way to the Music City Bowl or the Holiday Bowl right now. You think, well, I certainly didn't do anything, but the team did very well, I think, <laughs> at this point. I you, mean, you I drank you know, them I to victory, Con- and you know, I, I, I drank quite a bit while I was watching the game, but it was like, you know, it's okay. See, so we were all it's part all- of the process, Gunner. No. no- <laughs> okay, well, anyway, now explain to me this. Riddle me this, Batman. Uh, listen, uh, so I can't really understand the dynamic 
of losing so soundly to a Wisconsin team and to a Purdue team, and then just like just the thorough thrashing of an Ohio State and uh, the Nebraska. Can you, you know, tell me exactly what the do you think the mindset of the team was different, or what? what I, I don't understand exactly what was going on. I think we talked about this earlier, and uh, oblige me if, if you don't mind. No, no, that's fine. Uh, and I'm going to put you on hold there, Gunner. Um, I and we talked about it earlier. It comes down to execution. Do I think Purdue is better than Iowa? The answer to that is no. Do I think Wisconsin's better than Iowa? The answer to that is yes. I do think Wisconsin's oh, yeah, better than Iowa. Yeah. Now, do I think they're what they dominated wise? Probably not. Um, you're coming down off a pretty big high against the Ohio State game, but it really comes down to execution. When I was played well this year, this year it is executed, mm-hmm. and I know that's very simplistic and, it, and it's very high level stuff. But Kirk Ferentz talks about it all the time in his pregame. When you're able to execute and when you're able to line up against the guys you're going up against and beat them each and every play, that makes a difference. Especially at the offensive yeah. line. Yeah. Uh, another difference that we saw, we've talked about a couple times, dropped passes were a big part of those losses. Couldn't keep the offense on the field, couldn't consistently move the ball uh, um, on sustained drives. But I would say a big part of it is opponent also. Yeah. Purdue played a great football game. And by the way, all season long, we were saying, man, Purdue is way up, way down, way up, way down. We think we've had a, a yep. roller coaster of a year. Purdue's been crazy hot. And yeah, cold. I was going to say, Purdue lost at home to Nebraska. Right. I mean, that shows you. Right. I, I'm, and I'm not going to say level of parity because I, I do think Iowa's better than Northwestern. I do. Either that or pretty even. I don't. I wouldn't I'd say, say they're in that on that yeah, on that same shelf. You know, I, I mean, you look at it. I was is realistically, you know, could be not. We could be talking about a nine and three team right mm-hmm. now, and but that's just the fine line between feeling really good about your football team or not being so up about your football team. Yeah. Listen, I, if you would have told me that you that we beat Ohio State like we did. And we beat Nebraska like we did, and we'd be sitting with five, seven wins. If you had told me at the beginning of the year, I'd have said you're crazy. Would you have said the same thing? Yes, yes. And by the way, Gunner, I use we when I talk about the Hawkeyes because everybody else is they. Fair enough. 284-1040. 284-1040. Let's go to Sean. Sean, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off on News Radio 1040 WHO. Yeah, first of all, I wish I would have been at Gunner's party. Sounds like he had a good time. Yeah, he wasn't even about uh, to give us any ideas where he was. I mean, he didn't even say <laughs> if he was no, in Iowa. No, he did not. Uh, I did just pass by Neola not too long ago, so uh had to the Travis there. Oh, uh, you're in my stopping uh, grounds. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, um, you know, you guys were talking about the execution thing, and I think you're on the right track. My take is Iowa has a true sophomore quarterback in his first year, and Iowa's coaches a first-year offensive coordinator, let's give them all the responsibility to change things at the line of scrimmage. They don't stop and turn after uh, a check me uh, and have the coaches call things. I think what I'm seeing is that Iowa's coaches are letting Nate Stanley grow into his leadership role, knowing he's going to stumble at times, like he did many times against Purdue, by not checking out of bad looks and still running the ball into a bad front where, they, where we were outnumbered. And knowing that Iowa's not going anywhere this year as far as, you know, BCS-level type uh, New Year's Day Bowls. But he's going to learn a lot better through mistakes this year to set up things for the next year or two. Because that's the thing I see that's different between C.J. Beathard and Stanley at this, you know, his first year. 
he still hasn't quite figured out how to check out of bad plays often enough. He's getting better, but he's going to be really good in the next year or two because they're allowing him to learn on the field uh, some of these mistakes. And, I, and I, So I think it's, yes, it's execution, but you can only block so many guys with five or six linemen yeah. when they have seven or eight guys. And too many times Iowa has gotten into trouble with teams that have shown looks that didn't look like a, a run look, and we run and Iowa runs into it anyway, and, and it has a four or five yard loss. So that's going to get better with time. It's I don't I don't think it's individual player execution as much as maybe decision making on the field. And I and I applaud the Iowa coaches for allowing him to learn on the field because it's going to get better with time. I think that's a great phone call, Sean. I think you make some really good points there. You've got a true sophomore quarterback. You've got a Brian Ferentz that's in his first year of calling plays, and we've seen the absolute ups and downs of. Uh, of what can come with that. That's uh, on the money, Sean. Good job, man. You know, pretty much every time that we change a play, it's a lead play into the short side of the field. I think probably they, Nebraska was slanting that way after we changed the play. You look at all the defensive linemen linebackers just started slanting toward the short side of the field. And Nebraska stopped it. And that was you brought that up. Ross in the middle of the game, and we got a lot of tweets in the middle of the game that the audibles are just horrible. And I, I don't know if Sean's totally correct that you're going to let him fall into those mistakes because they seem pretty repetitive week after week. No, what I think he's saying, uh, and maybe I'm maybe I misunderstood that. I took what Sean was saying there as they're 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 giving him the room to have those growing pains. Yeah, you know? we talked about this early in the season when he had games that weren't great. Maybe the quarterback battle wasn't as close as we'd all heard it was throughout the offseason. Because if it was that close, then when Nate Stanley's completion percentage is hovering around 50% and he's having a couple of bad drives, we might have seen that leash get uh, get tight or even be pulled. And that, that didn't happen at all. So I like what Sean had to say there. I, I agree with that. First of all, first two points are great. We've been talking all season about this soup that is the problems. There's so many ingredients that go into, you know, Tristan Wirfs had a bad game. Akram Wadley seemed to not show up. We'd lose the tight ends in the game plan. Was it Brian Ferentz's fault? Did the defense not play good enough? And it was a little bit of truth of all of that stuff, and those are two good points. You had Brian Ferentz still learning that job as offensive coordinator and Nate Stanley as a true sophomore as quarterback. Kirk, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off and News Radio 1040 WHO. Hello. Kirk. Hi, hi. How are you guys? Good. Doing well, sir. How are you? I, I was at the game today, and I just wanted to mention one thing, that the, the things are sometimes more important than the game. For instance, at the end of the first quarter at the Iowa games, they have the spirit thing, that the children's hospital. But you have to give kudos to Nebraska because at the end of the first quarter, they gave a video tribute to Bobby Elliott. And I don't know if, uh, if on TV that they showed it. But, they did uh, not. Joey Elliott is the former Iowa coach and, the, and who coached or who was recruited to coach at, at Nebraska this year was uh, a tribute, given a tribute at the end of the first quarter and was very uh, tasteful. Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Joey, his uh, wife or his uh, widow Joey was on the field, and their children Grant and Jessica were both on the field. And it was uh, it, I don't I I don't know if a lot of people in Nebraska didn't get a chance to know him very well, but he has given so much of his uh, 
or 36 years of his life to uh, to coaching when he could have done something else as a as a Rhodes Scholar candidate and quite uh, instrumental person in so so many lives, including touched the lives of Nebraska coaches and players and some fans. Kirk, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate that. That's something we didn't see that uh, if we were watching on TV or listening to, to Gary and Ed. So thanks for pointing that out. And maybe I didn't hear. Did Gary mention that? I don't. I didn't hear him that, even mention that. No. We're doing our own videos at the breaks too. <laughs> so maybe they did and we missed it. Jeff on I eighty. Where are you on a I eighty, Jeff? Oh, just on the uh, east side of Walnut. Okay. All right. So you just you just passed all the windmills. Just passed all the windmills. I'm uh, here with my daughter. It was uh, Daddy Daughter Weekend. Fun. We uh, went to uh, went to the ball game. It was fantastic. We were we were talking at halftime that uh, I said to her, I said, you know, if we could just get a couple stops, I think we could probably pull this thing out. And uh, by gosh, by uh, the end of the by the end of the third quarter, the fans were leaving. Huh. It was great. That's pretty cool. That is awesome. Um, cool. Did you? Did, how old your daughter? Um, twenty three. Okay, so I didn't. I didn't know how old she was. She was younger to join, enjoy the game, but uh, sounds like it was a, a fun weekend. <laughs> yeah, it was. You know, and there was a lot of talk of uh, Scott Frost. Uh, everybody was nervous. There were a lot of conversations in the stands, and. Uh, a lot of IOWAs in the stands, too. It was uh, a Very good cool. time had by all. Awesome, all right, Jeff, Jeff. Good stuff, man. Appreciate it. Have a good You night. should be driving by you Marnie too. about right now. Yeah. In fact, uh, Guthrie Center, Greenfield. Oh, you're a long ways away from Walnut, Dan. All right. Yeah. <laughs> see you, see you Go Jeff. Hawks. Go Hawks. You said he was going past the windmills. What are you, what are you talking about? So you, you got two sets of windmills heading as you head east. So you have them at Walnut. Yeah. And then you have them at uh, Stewart. Yeah, but at this time at night, you can't. You can't see the windmills. Sure you can. They so all have just, red lights on the top. Well, that, oh, you're talking about the UFO landing area out there. <laughs> the UFO airport that we have out there in western Iowa? That's what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's what I'm talking okay. about. Okay. Now, now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, out there by Walnut. Frank, stay on. Hey, it's Antique City UFO. We wind down to 40 seconds to play in the first half. Hawks trailing by a touchdown. Stanley, roll out right. Throws as a man at the goal line. Caught touchdown. Noah Fant. Touchdown, Iowa. That was the first of two. Touchdowns for Noah Fant, who was celebrating of sorts today. He should, man. He's got a couple of nice wins over Nebraska, the I school mean, that he was really torn between, right? They he, wanted him to play defensive end, as you pointed out yes, last week. And, and I tell you, you know, he grew up in Omaha, went to Omaha South. Um, and when he dove over the, the – he did a little dive, got called for an unsportsmanlike conduct, but to me it was worth it. I, I really do. You know, sometimes – you don't know, you know. Nathan Budget got a great. Uh, he stopped the the fake field goal today. Yep. There's a guy that played eight man football that was passed up by Nebraska. Uh, has come to to dominate at at, at Iowa. Then Noah Fant, who has what nine touchdowns now, mm-hmm. nine touchdowns this year. I think the overall career tight, tight end record is thirteen. 20, uh, less than 30 catches, Travis, in that, too. Yeah. I, I saw the number today, and I wish I could remember off the top of my head. Either way, 284-1040, we'd love to get to more of your phone calls. we still got about an hour and a half of this program, and Frank will get us rolling. Frank, thanks hey. for calling Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. How are you? Thank you very much. You guys have a great show. This is Hawkeye Frank. First of all, I want to say about four weeks ago, I made a foolish prediction. I thought Iowa was going to go nine, <laughs> excuse me, nine and three. 
and they blew out in the, uh, Ohio State, and I thought, gosh, there they go. Hmm. And they had some tough games, but today was amazing. You know, to score 42 unanswered points the second half, they played like they did against Ohio State the whole game the second half. And what do you think with a fire under them at halftime, you guys? One question. Second question is, Will it be warm if I drive to a bowl? What's the best possible bowl they could get to if they go if we, when they say they're okay to go to a bowl? What's the best possible? Bowl well, let, they could let's get start to? with that one, Frank. You're absolutely going to be able to drive someplace warmer than Des Moines, Iowa. Maybe not a lot warmer. Maybe Nashville, Tennessee. That'd be all right. But you might be going to San Diego if it's the Holiday Bowl. All right. Okay, so and I, and I, Travis, are we pretty much down to those two? Do we think that those are the two it, it, most likely? Listen, you know, if you're watching Texas Hold'em on ESPN, I, I really think that the 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 Music City Bowl is holding it like a ninety five percent win okay. rate right, All right now. Oh, yep. Is that Detroit? Oh no, Nashville. That's Nashville. Nashville. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, yeah. Anyway, they played really good. I'm pretty proud of them. Um, I was cussing them driving back from Minnesota, seeing my mom for Thanksgiving, and when it was. When they took that touchdown away from the, you know, the first play, I was really mad. And then it was fourteen seven. I turned it off. And then when I got home, it was twenty eight fourteen. I said, "My God!" <laughs> and I saw the rest of the game. That was pretty cool. Yeah, don't don't sell them short either, Frank. It was forty nine uh, forty nine unanswered points, not forty two. Um, yeah. Oh, it was okay. That was great. Appreciate the well, phone guys, call, Frank. You guys have a great show. Thanks, Thank you, Frank. sir. Appreciate it. Let's see, Frank had, oh, he's talking about the Noah Fant touchdown. I thought, I was so afraid they were going to call that touchdown back when he dove into the end zone. Oh, but he'd, they, crossed the, he'd crossed the end line. That's right. right. So they end up just making Racino's kickoff from the 20-yard line. And he still kicked it out of the end zone. That's incredible, Travis. <laughs> yeah, that shows you how much the wind was yeah, playing yeah. a huge And we did land on like the one or two-yard yeah. line, but it did ends up bouncing through the end zone. That was really awesome. 284-1040, let's go to John. John, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Hey, guys. Uh, glad to be on here. I on my way home from the game and uh was lucky enough to have some family out in nebraska that had an extra ticket and uh yeah the second half was glorious the the let's go hawks chance it was it took over the stadium there in the fourth quarter it was fantastic That's so cool that is awesome <laughs> yeah it, it was great and um you know sitting with some of my family they're nebraska fans and they're like you know why are you so excited about beating a, a foreign nebraska team I said, well, I'll tell you why, because we're sick of hearing from Nebraska fans that think they're too good to play in a rivalry game with Iowa that, that you know, they should be with Wisconsin or whoever. And it's like, okay, we beat you three times in a row now, so, you know, I guess the, the tables have turned to where you're maybe you're not good enough to play Iowa, and we're just sick of sick of hearing it all the time. So, yeah, we're, we're glad to, to go ahead and beat you for a third time in a row. And that doesn't wipe out the Purdue game. I still think that was a inexcusable loss, but this will this definitely puts a, a better bow on the season for me. No Excellent, doubt about John. that, John. Great That's call, good man. Good stuff, Ginger and James. We're going to ask you to stay on hold. We've got uh, four lines open right now. That means we want you to call and uh, have a conversation with you with us because, as Ross mentioned, we're here for another hour and a half. We got a lot more to dive into, not just about the Iowa, the Iowa Nebraska game, but um, there's there's going to be a significant amount of coaching changes that take place. In college football, it's going to be a wild next couple of These, weeks, next couple of days, because the what's going to happen with the college football playoff poll is going to change yeah, drastically. Because Miami got beat. Miami today. bumped today by Pitt, twenty four fourteen at Pitt. They lose. So Ginger, James, stay and hold. We'll get to your phone calls if you want to have a conversation with us. Two eight four ten forty. That's two eight four ten forty. He's Ross Peterson. I'm Travis Justice. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off on News Radio ten forty W H O.
Fox News Radio. I'm Jill Nato. Egypt State News Agency says the attack on a mosque in the Sinai Peninsula looks to be the work of the area's local ISIS affiliate. At least 235 people dead as bombs went off and gunmen opened fire. This is easily becoming one of the deadliest attacks ever in Egypt's history. Multiple gunmen and vehicles shooting not only the people trying to flee the mosque, uh, but also then attacking rescue vehicles uh, coming to help people there in the area. It tells you a lot about the attackers. They knew there wasn't much security and that they really weren't scared all that much of the security that would be coming to try to help people. Fox's Connor Powell. The Dow Jones closing up this Friday by 31 points. The S&P 500 and NASDAQ also closing in positive territory and finishing out at record highs. Fox News. We report. You decide. He's at the 15-10-5 goal line. Touchdown! Touchdown, Iowa! Akram Wadley may have just gone over 1,000 for the season. Oh, Akram Wadley went over 1,000 for the season. And he had a big day today. 159 yards on the ground, on 19 carries, three touchdowns. Every time he touched the ball, he averaged 8.4 yards per carry, his longest of 29 yards. Moved himself up that uh, uh, touchdown total also. Uh, finds himself now just, I think, oh, what was it, third in the running back list for total touchdowns? Is that three straight 1,000-yard seasons? Or no, two no, two, no, two straight, two straight. straight. Yep. Too straight. 284 1040. 284 1040. Let's see what Ginger has to say. Hi, Ginger. Hi, how are you guys doing? Great. Well, Ginger, how are you? Fine. I'm doing okay. I'm calling from Florida, and um, some friends of mine wanted me to come over and watch the, US, the UCF and the USF game, but yeah. I wanted to watch my Hawks. <laughs> that, so. Hey, that UCF USF game was a fun one, too. Oh, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. So. I'm just calling to thank you guys for all the work you do on your show. I just I just like listening every week just to hear what Hawk Nation, what's going on in Hawk Nation. And also I thought that the dive that Noah Fant did in end zone was fantastic. <laughs> so go Hawks. Thanks, you Ginger. Have a good night, okay? But yeah, appreciate the phone call from Florida, Ginger. That's very nice of you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, <laughs> changes my mind a little bit. And then we get... It's always more of a on the, always, t- on the dis- t- text line. Can we get somebody to replace Travis next year? So it's just it looks like some people just want you next year. No, <laughs> that's <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> if you're not here next year, I'm at Kinnick. Okay, <laughs> you're going to get. <laughs> I'll promise you that, my friend. <laughs> so it's me. It's me or nothing. That's right? it. That's it. I've hung Wait, my. We're I, in this thing together. Hitched my wagon to you, brother. <laughs> I I want to be here next year. You want to be here next year? Oh, absolutely, no doubt about that. We want Sean here next year, but he spends way too much time on Tinder and Bubble Holy during this show. How is that kid? Tonight is a Friday. If you guys could is see your, this guy swiping right, is the tip of your finger calloused yet from all the swiping you do? Like, is there? No. A, there it's not. No. Not even on Tinder or Bumble. That's that's a lie. <laughs> no, I'm on Twitter following Twitter. Uh-huh. Following Twitter. What's Twitter. happening on Twitter? What do you mean? What you, break, breaking, breaking news for us here, Sean. Come no on. breaking news. No breaking news? I don't start saying breaking news if there's no breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> James, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Hey, great show as always. I was wondering, is Josh Jackson the most talented Iowa corner they've had in parents' time? Because, my God, he, does, he wasn't great today, but... He does things that I know Desmond King's been pretty good in the NFL, but King could never do or hide or any of those guys. What's your thought? Boy, I don't know, James. I think those are pretty strong statements, to be quite honest with you. Josh Jackson is fantastic, and I I love watching him perform this year. I feel like two years ago, uh, 
Desmond King was incredible. That year he won the Thorpe Award. That dude was just remarkable. And you picked out another one, a really good one there with Hyde. I would have a hard time ranking those guys one, two, and three. He's had a great year, and I, I, I don't want to, I don't want this to come across as me downplaying at all uh, how how wonderful Josh Jackson's been or what an impact he's made. But I'm not sure I want to put it up there yet with some of those those great ones. We'll see. I mean, give us some time to relax on this, James. Let's, let's do this. Let's put all of our karma and good energy into uh, getting Josh Jackson back in uh, back next year. Okay. Fair points, but if he does leave, they'll scrutinize him, and then a team like Seattle will pick him up, and of course he'll be their next, their Richard Sherman. It, it just feels like that has That's, that all written over. Yeah, it. I mean, we were looking at this uh, the other night when uh, Desmond King had his pick six for the Chargers, and everybody was remembering. You know, he's too small, he's not fast enough, all that. Thanks, James. Appreciate the phone call. Two eight four ten forty. Let's go to Jason. Jason, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Hey guys, great show. Uh, Traveling I-29 North here and uh, on our way back to Sioux City, we're in the small northwest Iowa corner here that a lot of attention goes with the uh, Nebraska-Iowa series over here, probably more than what it does on the east. But uh, just uh, at the game today, noticed a couple things. Uh, their sellout streak, I think, is a crack of crap. I would agree with you 100%. The, whole, the, the southeast corner was completely empty up above. I think that's just uh, it's ridiculous. And, uh, you know, I think the turning point in that game was, was the uh, running into the kicker. Uh, you know, we're sitting there, and we thought maybe 21-7, we might be down at the half there. And that running into the kicker was a crucial crucial penalty. We're going in four, 30 seconds left in the half, and, uh, you know, we come we come out, come out alive in, in some things, and I think it was a turning point in the game. It'll be a three and out for the Hawkeyes again. And Rastetter will punt. We get a pretty good rush on him. Just about got that one. And Rastetter's run into and knocked silly. And that should be a roughing the kicker. And the Hawks should keep the football. Jason, you, you are 100% correct because Nebraska was up uh, 14-7 at that point. And then Iowa uh, scores with 25 seconds to go in the quarter and then got the ball back in the third quarter. So that was yeah. – that. That was, you're, you're so correct – how that had such an influence on, on the game and just the feeling going into halftime. Right, right. Totally agree. I I hope uh, something we, we do something with our punter. I, it's been a big disappointment all year. hate to be a downer, but uh, I think that needs some improvement somewhere. No but doubt about it, show, Jason. Guys. Thanks, man. Appreciate Thanks, the phone call, yep. sir. You were getting ready to say something on the no, punting situation? No, I, I, I mean, completely agree with him. I, I mean, we can sit here and – and pick on him and beat him right. up, but I, all you have to do is watch the games and know that our punting game's not very good. There's got to be something going on here, and I have a feeling in a couple of years we'll look back at this and go, oh, yeah, now we all know blah, blah, whether or, that is... Are punters and kickers like pitchers? They're just head cases. Well, that could be part of it. Ryan Grisande is on scholarship and sitting on the sidelines, so something's going on there. Don't know what it could be, but yeah, the punning woes continued again today. Harry, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off and News Radio 1040 WHO. Harry. Hi, I'm on, yeah, I'm on my way home from the game. Uh, my first trip to uh, Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, and uh, I'm a Hawkeye fan. And I'll tell you what, it's, it's a nice place, but I don't think it has much on Kinnick. Um, the only thing I'd say is maybe those national champion signs they have up there are mm-hmm. kind of cool. 
<laughs> but what I wanted to ask you really is uh, about the Bulls. And, um, I just think it's time that Iowa needs to win one um, wherever they go. You know, I, I just think it's important for the program. I think it's important for the fans. And I, I, I just hope these Hawks can pull it off. What do you think? Well, I'm 100% with you, Harry, that th- this is something that we're all pulling yeah. for. And I don't know what – I can't imagine what's going to happen these next couple of weeks inside the office of Coach Kirk Ferentz. I was trying to kind of run these scenarios through my head a little bit earlier, and quite frankly, I don't think anything drastic changes. I mean, Coach Ferentz is not the type of guy that um, you know goes crazy – away from whatever game plan he had he had originally decided on. And a long time ago, he set up a plan and a, and a rhythm for what he thought was the best preparation for bowl games. I don't think he looks at these last five years and says, I've got to throw, you know, we need to go a week earlier or a week later, or we're going to stay in a different hotel. I don't think we see too much change with this bowl preparation. Travis, I, just, I, I think it's, you know, call, last week one guy called it stubbornness. <laughs> With Coach Ferentz, I just think he's setting his ways here. You know, what do you do? Do you go start practice again on Monday and just keep going all the way through? I mean, that, that's putting the guys through a lot of work. You, you, you've got finals coming up. You want to get caught up. Get, give them a little break. I mean, it's been nonstop since, remember, July. These guys started in July. Right. Um, right. There's right. no per- – I don't, I, I don't I, But I'm with I you. Need, I, I'm with you, I Harry. they need to just go, go right away and, and – go right back at it right now, but I do think that we need to try something different. And I'm with Whatever you, Harry. And doing just hasn't been working, you know? And I'm with you. You need a bowl win. Losing five straight is frustrating, and you're, you're sitting there at seven and five right now. Uh, you're feeling... We haven't, been, we haven't been competitive either, you know? That's that's the problem. So, all in right. Those bowl, in those bowl games. Good call, Harry. Appreciate it. All right, thanks. Let's go to Al. Al, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Coming back on I-80 out someplace, it's dark and there's a lot of red lights. So. Oh, you're, you're either by Walden yeah. or Stewart. You're, Al, you're right there on the UFO <laughs> landing strip. A, a formation of them just went by. So. <laughs> the, the Roswell, New Mexico of Western Iowa. Exactly. Uh, a couple of key, uh, keys to the game, I think. Uh, once we got through our special teams problems with the muffed uh, – Snap, and then the uh, 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 returning the kick or catching the kick at the one yard line. Yeah. Once we got beyond that, we finally started to field some punts, and now all of a sudden we're not in field position on the ten or fifteen. We're up at the 35, 40, 45 yard line, and I think that was the key to this game that we haven't seen in the past. The other, I think, big key was the young guys really stepped up. Uh, with Smith Marset, and then on the back end of the defense, with two true freshmen playing for the guys who were injured, that was that was really huge because that was a pretty good uh, receiving core for yeah. Nebraska tonight. Hankins and Stone both played really well tonight, no doubt about that, uh, Al. And I wrote, I circled a couple stats here on my stat sheet. It's funny that you brought these up. You're the first one to bring them up. I circled Matt Vandenberg's 17-yard punt return, Max Cooper's 12-yard punt return, Amir Smith-Marset's 74-yard kickoff Kick return. return. Those are just three from that I circled here as um, big-time plays that we w- we knew we'd talk about. Thanks for the phone call, Al. Appreciate it, sir. You bet. Drive safely. Stay clear of those UFOs. I dated, well, they land off the highway. You're good. I dated a girl in Walnut one time. Really? Her name was Tuesday. Is this a, is there a joke coming here? No, her name was Tuesday. Her parents must have been hippies. I don't know. Of course they were. 
Somebody, here's the thing, man. Okay. You, you forget about the reach of this show and this station. You're on a 50,000-watt blowtorch of the Middle West here, okay? Yeah. Tuesday's relatives are listening. There's only <laughs> one Tuesday from Walnut, Iowa. You think? Yes. Yeah, you're probably right there. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. So right now, some guy is calling his neighbor. He's like, hey, man, they're talking about your wife on the radio. <laughs> no, I, I, but it's all good. It's not bad. Let's go to Wendell on I-80. Wendell, you buy Walnut? Hey, how you doing? Yeah, good. I already drove by the uh, landing zone out there. I'm on. I'm at uh, Urbandale here, Brian. <laughs> you made good time. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of uh, comments, uh, and the gentleman just before me uh, kind of blew my thunder a little bit. I mean, I think our kicking return game was way better today. Um, we had a really bad kickoff return, you know, that one that we started on the one. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, our kicking game has been pretty bad all season. I hope that they get that improved. Um, one question I had was, so if we go to the Music City uh, Bowl or to the uh, Holiday Bowl, does there, anybody have any idea who we might play? Boy, that's that's one side of this I did not dive into, Wendell. Uh, you give me some time here. I'll try I think to dig- the Music City is an SEC team, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let's see. I've got it up here, Travis. I'll keep looking for this. Buddy, I, 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 he, was, yeah. I now, was going through them pretty heavy here earlier. Um, but, but, boy, where am I now? What happened? I don't even know. Now I'm really confused. See, and here's what could throw a wrench. If Indiana, now this is from Roger. I have no – we like uh, innuendo here. And, Wendell, I'm going to put you on hold. Uh, and I, I don't I, – we like rumor and innuendo. Uh, Roger says, if Indiana beats Purdue, then Indiana would most likely go to the Music City Bowl because they've recently gone to the Pinstripe and Foster Farm. See, and this is what I was talking about. Things get funky because of this new Big Ten Bowl agreement where they don't want to send the same teams over and over to the same cities. And, and I, I, I haven't even looked at all of that yet to see where a team like Indiana could be shifted. Now, uh, boy, Trav, I had this up in front of me also. Indiana plays... You know, let me get my Big Ten schedule up here again. Plays Purdue. Indiana and Purdue. One of those teams is going to go to 6-5. and five. So if it's Indiana, it, again, could move those things around with where the Hawkeyes end up. But it would be an SEC team if you, uh, if you get down to the Music City Bowl. If you play in the Holiday Bowl, travel, boy. Pac-12? Pac-12. Yep. All right, 284-1040, 284-1040. In- Intercepted. Intercepted. Ben Neiman. Ben Neiman picks up the interception. So Tanner Lee had uh, three interceptions today. What do you end the season with 16? Is that right? Came in with 13, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think they said when the game ended, because the Mike Riley era will end after three years. That was the 44th interception of the Mike Riley era in three years. Wow. Hawkeyes are tied for the lead in the nation in college football for team interceptions. Let's go to Milo. Milo, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Hey, how you doing? Good. I'm also on 80. Uh, I think I'm about 25, 30 miles from Des Moines. Still got another three hours to go. But uh, I want to talk about the stability of the program. Yeah. I mean, who else can say they've got They've had two coaches in almost the last 40 years. Not many. Nobody. Um, well, not even the 40, because I would, you know, Virginia Tech would be the closest because yeah. they went from, you know, Frank Beamer for a long time to Justin Fuentes, but not, not 40 not years. 40 years. You know, I mean, that, 
that's something I take pride in as a Hawkeye fan. And I know we have our ups and downs, but just the fact of the stability there, I think it means a lot to the recruits, knowing that they're going to have the same coach. Uh, before I could pick you guys up, I just listened to Nebraska stations, and they're talking about who's their next coach. And we've seen that revolving door there. So what is this, like the fourth coach since Osborne? Uh, you had Frank yes. Solich, you had Bill Callahan, you had Bo Pelini, uh, you had Mike Riley, so the next one will be the fifth head coach. Yeah, so I mean, you know, I'm just saying that I like the stability of it, and I do want to give a shout-out to the Nebraska fans. I've, I've visited all the, the stadiums in the West, and these guys by far were the most hospitable. Um, <laughs> they were just, they were great today. You know, I, I didn't sit by any Iowa fans, and everybody was really cordial and even when things got ugly for them you know they took it in stride but uh hey was this parents's um did he tie hayden fry today one short right now milo his next victory will tie hayden fry for most victories as iowa football coach so what more of a motivator do you need than that in a bowl game right yeah exactly you could be <laughs> yeah the senior class could go out giving him that win that'd be uh that'd be something special Hey, thanks for taking my call. You bet, no Milo. Problem. Thanks, Appreciate, man. It. Appreciate it. Milo, I'm I'm 39 years old. I've known two coaches for my favorite football team. In my, I mean, conscious. Yeah. Thir- two coaches my entire life of being an Iowa, I, an Iowa football fan. How about this? I, I'm, I'm older than you. I'm 47. Uh, I'm not going to use this for Iowa. I'm going to use it for my favorite pro team. The Steelers, I've only known three. That's impressive. That's really <laughs> impressive stuff, yeah. man. So, 284-1040. Let's go to Cameron. Let's see what Cameron wants. Cameron, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Hey, thanks, guys. I uh, made my first trip out to Memorial Stadium night with some buddies. Uh, they got a great stadium. That place is a labyrinth to get around. Uh, like the uh, previous guy said, fans were great. But uh, I got a question for you, fellas, and I'll kind of hang up and let you guys talk about it. How is Josie Jewell not one of the best five linebackers in the country? A week in, a week out, he plays great, leading with a lot of tackles over some of those other guys on the list. Just how do you how do you not have him on the top five? Just one of your thoughts, and thanks for the show, fellas. Man, that's a fantastic question, uh, Cameron, that we were kicking around a little bit earlier. How do you get to this point without with Josie Jewell? And I do think that there's actually um, – I think there's some reasons for it. Remember early in the season, he didn't play – which game was it, Travis, that we missed him? He had the targeting penalty early. Was that Iowa State? Was that North Texas? It might have been North Texas. So I, I forget. I mean, these weeks run into it. Yeah, and so. the, the, I'm not. Either way, the, the tackling stats this guy put up were just amazing. Early in the season, he had seven. I pulled just pulled it up here. He had seven tackles against Iowa State. He had five against North Texas. Outside of that, he's had double digit tackles in almost every game. Ohio State, he only had nine. Today, he still led the Hawkeyes with eight tackles. He actually tied the freshman Geno Stone for the team lead. It's a great question. Everybody seems to be getting involved with this fight. Chad Greenway is tweeting at the Butkus Award folks, wondering how they left him off their but, finalist but, but, list. But let me say this. That tweeting should have started weeks ago because, believe it or not, and I've been around this a long time, there's politicking that goes on with these awards. All right, And I don't know if the Iowa Sports Information Department has done the right amount of politicking. Now, the right thing to say would be, your politicking takes place on the field, and you're right. Um, but it is, and I'm not, I'm not picking on the Iowa Sports Information Department because I don't know what they've done to promote Josie Jewell. All I'm saying is there is a lot of politicking that takes place with these awards, and you gotta 
Grease some wheels. You got to make phone calls. You got to get a guy's name out there. Yeah. I had back-to-back weeks against Penn State and Michigan Crazy. State. We had 16 tackles in each one of those games. And you think that would be enough. Yeah. But sometimes it's not. I think we all know that Josie Jewell is one of the best, the best linebackers. Do we seriously only have one hour left of this show? Only one hour left. Man. Done, Stan Holt. We're going to get to your phone call when we come back. Uh, we have lots of open lines because we're here another hour. One more hour. It's the People Show. It's the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off on News Radio 1040 WHO. We're AM 1040 on your head on your smartphone. Available anywhere you go on the iHeartRadio app. News Radio 1040, WHO, Des Moines. Hundreds dead in Egypt's terror attack. I'm Jack Callahan, Fox News. The deadliest attack ever by Islamic extremists in Egypt has left 235 people dead. Rocket-propelled grenades launched into a mosque on the Sinai Peninsula during afternoon prayers. There's been no claim of responsibility yet. But it does have all the hallmarks of an ISIS attack. There's an ISIS affiliate in the northern Sinai that the Egyptians have been battling for about the last three to four years or so. President Sisi, who sort of made his name as a, a fighter of terrorism and Islamic extremism in Egypt has talked in recent weeks and months about battling ISIS. This has really become the main fight for his administration. Fox's Connor Powell in the Mideast Bureau. President Trump phoning Egypt's President el-Sisi with condolences. The United Nations Security Council condemning the attack. Panic Friday in London's Oxford Circus after reports of gunshots. Police responded as if it were a terror incident, but they later gave the all clear, calling it all a misunderstanding. Several people were injured as they rushed from the scene. Fire has ripped through a luxury resort hotel in the Black Sea Resort in the Republic of Georgia. They're now reporting 11 people killed, 21 others injured. Lawyers for former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn have told President Trump's legal team they can no longer share information with them about the special counsel's investigation of Russian election meddling. That's widely seen as an indication that Flynn may be cooperating with the special counsel's probe. But defense attorney Richard St. Paul, who is not connected with the case, also points out that the fact that Flynn's son is thought to be a target could have a bearing. This may be one of the situations where a father will want to save his son. The president's legal team cautions that no one should draw any conclusions about Michael Flynn's cooperation with the special counsel. Fox News. Fair and balanced. 